Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, I'm Sabrina Schaefer, the Executive Director of the Independent Women's Forum, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Congresswoman Barbara Comstock from Virginia. We are honoring Barbara Comstock this November at our Woman of Valor Gala, and we are very excited to have this conversation today. One of the reasons we wanted to honor you is because of your remarkable leadership, not only as a congresswoman, but also as a role model for women and girls. But I wanted to start with your role on Capitol Hill. You have taken an interesting path to Congress that I think a lot of us working mothers would be interested in, and I thought maybe you could briefly share the path that took you there. Well, great. Well, it's uh, great to be with you and uh, thank IWF um, and its mission, um, which I first became familiar with when I worked on Capitol Hill in the 1990s, and I worked with Barbara Olson, who was a colleague of mine, who was one of the founders of IWF, so it is really sort of a particular thrill, you know, having known one of the founders so well and worked so closely with her um, to have this honor, so I appreciate it. And I know, um, you know, the great work you're doing on, you know, free markets and free people, and I think really empowering women. So um, knowing somebody like Barbara, who is brave and fearless, um, was a uh, real turning point, I think, in, in my career in terms of, um working with a, a strong woman like that, but I came from sort of a line of my mother, my grandmother. Uh, my mom was a working mom who got two, got her college degree and two master's degrees, I think it is, if I'm remembering correctly, um, in, in the course of her education career. And, and she, we had uh, her family of three girls, as the oldest of three girls. Her sister, who I named after, had four girls. So we all kind of grew up to seven girls and cousins together, and it was just a whole pack of women, and my grandfather and my dad, and that's all, you know, it was always, you can do and accomplish anything you want. And so, you know, being on Capitol Hill and, and seeing in, in the 90s and and working on the legislative front, then I really enjoyed it and never intended to run myself. I enjoyed being involved in the political process, and I was in the Justice Department, then I was out in the private sector and ended up starting my own business, and it was not something I was thinking of doing, but um, my children were grown in, in college, and the Speaker of the House in Virginia came to me, along with Frank Wolf, and said, we need somebody to run in the seat, would you consider it? And actually, before I had made my decision, um, the Speaker of the House... not accidentally told a room full of people that I had made my decision and was going to run. And even though I hadn't uh, decided yet, um, when he said it and everybody in the room said, yay, you should, you know, great. We're glad you're doing it. I said, okay, this, this feels okay. And I was uh, certainly very fond. Of, I just gotten to know the speaker and meet him, but I really appreciated, um, you know, his support and, his enthusiasm. He's just been a great man to uh, work with and has been somebody who was very encouraging, you know, throughout my state legislative career. And then Frank Wolf had, um, you know, encouraged me to run in the first place and put us together. So um, it actually ended up two men who um, kind of pushed me in the pool to do this when I hadn't been thinking, caused me to in turn realize, you know, a lot of times women just push her, the women to run for office or to even, you know, push for a 
senior role in a lot of things. So I started a young woman's leadership program back in 2013 when I was in the state house and have continued it um, through um, while I've been in Congress. We have over 250 young women now, high school girls, who we get them in front of women leaders in all fields, um, business, government, politics, um, medicine, um, you know, any startups, entrepreneurs, journalists, we've had them run. So we really tried to get them in front of these women leaders and have them tell their story. And and I read the book Lean In, which Cheryl Sandberg of Facebook wrote, and I related to a lot of those things and realized I myself had um, not pushed myself into this, nor had my um, women friends been as inclined to push me. Although I have to say, when I did first run, um, the women were the first, once I ran, once they said, oh, why do you want to do this? Once I decided, they were all in. They had my first events. They've always been the backbone of of all of my campaigns and efforts and my founding board. So I just wanted to pass that on. And that's so I started um, the leadership program. So I you know I meandered off a bit here, but just wanted to uh, put all that out there. Certainly, Congress will be leaving for August recess shortly. But when you return in September, I was wondering you know, what some of your top policy concerns are and what you're hoping to accomplish for the remainder of 2015 and then looking ahead to 2016. Well, right now we're still finishing up a transportation bill, and I'm on the transportation committee, and we have a – the House has a temporary transportation bill. The Senate um, is also working on a version um, that we're going to have some challenges on matching that up, but I think it's very important that we set up a structure to be able to have a long-term bill. And what we had done is we had a short-term bill to get us through the end of the year so our Transportation Committee and the Ways and Means Committee could work together on a way to um, pay for a longer-term transportation bill. So that's going to be, you know, I think one of the top priorities um, for the fall and then we also did, we passed already in the House the 21st Century Cures Bill, which I'm particularly excited about because I really do feel, um, both in the medical field and then as technology becomes more and more involved and part of the whole medical uh, community, that we have some great opportunities to um, have some breakthroughs in medical uh, detections of diseases, managing diseases, and ultimately um, to cure them and getting us on that path. And so that's an area I'm very excited to work on. And I'm on the Science and Technology Committee. I um, chair the Research and Technology Subcommittee, and I also chaired the uh, Science and Technology Committee in the State House. I've worked a lot with the technology community, and they are becoming very engaged and involved in medical research and in startup funding on medical research and sort of having more entrepreneurs in that area. So I'm really excited about sort of be, being a, um, you know, conduit to bring, you know, to bring people together on, on that effort, which I think is, you know, really an exciting um, development for the future. And then, of course, you know, we still have our budget to finish up and lots of other things um, that we will right. <laughs> Small things. <laughs> well, that technology component is so important. And, you know, one of the reasons that IWF has, you know, we certainly recognize you as a champion for limited government, but also as a proponent for a free and open Internet. And that's something that 
certainly has been debated recently again on Capitol Hill. Um, what are you taking away from that? And, and maybe you can share with some of our um, listeners why this is such an important issue for women. Well, because I, I think it, um, having free and open access to the Internet is a, a way that women, where, where, they're, where they're working or, or they're at home, if they're jug- all the juggling we do, the Internet kind of gives access to everybody. And whether it's being entrepreneurs, and we see, we had Cheryl Sandberg came in to speak to us, um, the Bipartisan Women's Caucus this week, and she talked about some startups on Facebook and people starting their businesses and then promoting them on Facebook. She had an example of uh, one of the cupcake companies around here in Washington started up by just saying, hey, our cupcake truck is going to be at this address, you know, come out, you know, at lunchtime and, you know, at these hours over here. And Facebook and, um, you know, engaging in that way allows people to start small and then grow. But it also allows all that communication, you know, busy women, you know, we're, women often are the person in the family who's dealing with health care, whether it's of children or of aging parents or their own. And so having that constant access to information on your own time, on your own terms, and making that decision yourself, and I think it really empowers. I mean, I, I did some telecommuting when I was a young mom, but it was I had a computer at home, and I could write speeches for Congress and Wolfstone, but I didn't really the technology that uh, young moms have today. And I think that's so exciting because you can be doing, you know, sometimes it's bad because you can be doing work wherever you are, but it also gives right, you flexibility right. to decide how you want to work and when you want to work and how to juggle your responsibilities. And I think that, you know, the on-demand economy, whether it's Uber or Lyft and all of the ways we are providing new ways for um, people to work, it, it comes down to, having more control over your lives and living the life that you want and then exploring new opportunities. Say if you're in a job and you're trying to maybe think about maybe doing something next, now you can do online classes. Now you can maybe start that small online business before you leave your job so you don't have as much risk involved, but you have more opportunity. So I very much support, um, you know, not taxing the internet, um, you know, the net neutrality things that the FCC, uh, that they're trying to push, the, this misname, that's not what it, what it is. Right. I, I was just I saying, yeah, that. Right. Yeah, we have um, very, you know, in Congress, certainly Republicans in Congress have been very uh, strongly against the FCC action and, you know, different turns. We're trying to, I think the Senate this week um, took some action to try and stop um you know, being able to implement some of the things they're doing there. So, it's you know, the Internet has been working very well, and we do not want to do anything to harm that. We want to maximize that potential because I think that is a just the – it's becoming an appendage for all of us, our uh, our, our phones to connect us with our – I think, again, in healthcare, that's going to be something right. we're going to be able to have a lot more – control over our lives. My daughter, while she was pregnant, she has a six-month-old now, but she had an app on her phone every day with tracking what's going on with the baby, this is how many days old, and here's the kind of things that are going on, and she could send me things, and or we could watch videos and, and see, you know, well, you may want to eat more of this, make sure you're, you know, getting your exercise, all these little reminders that are 
you know, a good use, a great use of technology that sort of, I think, empowers women. Absolutely. And I think in many ways, technology has been a great equalizer for men and women, right? I think men recognize the the values of a flexible work arrangement just as much as, as women, and it is helping men and women balance work and family and, and home responsibilities. So there's a lots of wonderful things. Um, you touched a little exactly. bit on oh, you're your... Right. You know, when I go out on campaigns and knock on doors, I find dads home a lot now, and I'm and sometimes very senior dads who are home on a Friday or they're home on a Monday, yeah. and their technology enables them to work and actually play, be more a part of their children's lives. So I, I shouldn't just leave it to moms. You're exactly right, because I've seen it in real life, and, and actually with my daughter and my son-in-law, um, he is uh, doing that to, you know, give him a little bit more yeah. flexibility, and he's very much an equal partner in parenting as a result. It's just so exciting to see those changes happening. And, you know, it takes us sort of to this notion that you know, very often the narrative coming from, from the left, from progressive women's groups, about women and girls is so negative, and it suggests that society and schools and the workplace are, are hostile toward women, that opportunities are not available for girls and for women. And I was wondering how your work with the Young Women's Leadership Program has impacted your view of women and girls today and what the message is that you share with them, because I suspect it's very, very different. Yeah, well, it's great to... Um from you know, the women we have come in, many of them I've known for years, some are new, but we do see a continuity in their stories and, and how and, and a lot of things that I didn't even know about where they talk about how they were, you know, maybe afraid to take that, you know, that leap into the big job, but what did that open? They also talk often about failures and the risks they took, but how the risks were turned into you know, the next success because, you know, whether it's a failure or a success, you're always going to learn something from it and not to be afraid to risk because often um, women are more afraid to take some of those bigger risks and, and fail and to understand that women may feel a little bit different about these things than, than men might, but, um, you know, that, that all these successful women that they've been hearing, that the young women get to hear from, that they've all had the same fears uh, that we all had. I mean, I remember in high school, I never would have considered running for a class office. I was absolutely terrified to do something like that and get up in front of a group <laughs> yeah. and, and speak and then have your your friends vote for you and, and face rejection. Um, and that's natural. And so, it's, you know, I share that with the young girls. I felt exactly like you. And, uh, and then it's great the young women kind of come out of their shells and blossom. One of the things that's been very fun is so many of the dads talk about how much they like the program and how what a great thing it's been for their daughters. And so now dads, and this is something Cheryl Stanford, talked to us about making sure that the men, you know, really understand the value of this and having more women at the table. And that's exactly what we're seeing um, when these uh Dads bring in, you know, oftentimes they drop the daughters off from events. And then sometimes they'll stay for the, we, we invite sometimes the parents to come to different events and the dad will come as well as the mom. So we, we all sort of learn from each other and it's, it's exciting. And to see that these young girls have the whole world in front of them and that they can do, and that we, first of all, that we need them, we need their leadership. And that they can see how in their lifetime they're going to get to have 
so many more opportunities to jump around and do different things and how they can use modern technology to adapt to the life that they want at different times in their life. And so they can make that decision. They've heard from moms who uh, worked all throughout, you know, having kids, other moms who took time off and then went back into the workplace. And, um, you know, they talk about how they balance that with with their spouses or in some cases um, with single moms and how they've juggled that and the support system they've set up. So I feel like we're kind of giving them a 360-degree view of both exciting opportunities um, and challenges they have ahead. But to, you know, one of the things that's also always come through is to have a strong set of girlfriends, depend on them. Most of our people, certainly in my case, always say, um, how much of a big influence their mothers were on. So I always like to tell them, listen to your mom. <laughs> and um, because that's something that comes through very strongly. And uh, take risks, not be afraid to take a risk and not fail. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. This was such a delight to hear all of your thoughts. And I know our listeners will enjoy it as well. Well, thank you, uh, Sabrina. And thank you for your leadership with IWF. I know. You know, you're one of those moms who's juggling all of these uh, challenges today and balancing work and family. And I appreciate all the great work that IWF does and your leadership role for women and for young women. And and you really have gotten lots of people engaged. So I really look forward to continuing to work with you all. And um, certainly I'm very honored um, for you know, to be joining you for the dinner uh, later on this year, and I know I'll see a lot of uh, the great women, like Lynn Cheney and Barbara Olson, and so many of our, our friends who um, have worked with IWS throughout the years. So thank you again for the opportunity to sit. Thank you for listening to another Working for Women podcast. For more information about the Independent Women's Forum or to attend the Women of Valor Gala on November 18th here in Washington, D.C., please visit our website at iwf.org. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content.